Welcome to Holy Trinity Catholic Church from Beaverton, Oregon. Good morning, everybody. So do we have any history buffs out there? I'm not talking history like, my gosh, when was Deacon, born any, Deacon Brett born anyway, right? That's more like paleontology, sorry. <laughs> I read an interesting historical story uh, earlier this week. So um, way back in the third century, between the years 250 and 270, there was a terrible plague that uh, devastated the Roman Empire. And historians aren't sure if it was measles or smallpox or what it was. But in any case, about 5,000 people died each day in the city of Rome alone. So this plague just so happened to coincide with the first empire-wide of, persecution of Christians under the emperor Decius, who blamed the Christians for the pandemic. But there were a couple of maybe inconvenient facts, we could say, that were working against him. The first was that, like everybody else, Christians themselves were dying from the plague. And the second was that, unlike everyone else, Christians committed themselves to taking in the sick and caring for them, whether they were Christian or not. Interestingly, this wasn't the first time the Christians had done this. So about a century, century earlier, there had been another plague which ravaged the empire. And at that time, while all of the pagan leaders and even the physicians fled the cities, it was the Christians who chose to stay behind to care for the sick and the dying. Well, as you would guess, that was noticed. People noticed. And the fact that Christians were willing to risk their lives in service to their neighbors proved to many that Christianity wasn't just a fad or another sect or another philosophy. This was something new. This was something worth dying for. And so, as one historian noted, so an epidemic that at first seemed like the end of the world actually promoted the spread of a new faith. Friends, life in our beautiful but broken world has always been threatened by dangerous natural forces, by chance, by sin, and by those mysterious dark powers at war with God and with life. And through it all, God's response is consistent. He doesn't just magically remove evil and suffering, does he? Why doesn't he do that? I don't know. I don't know. Perhaps because doing so would violate in some way our freedom and the freedom of the created world in such a way that we would be made less than we are or the world less than it is. What we do know is this. What God does do is call us, as he called Abraham in our first reading, when the people of Sodom were inviting destruction upon themselves. He calls us to stand in the breach and to intercede and even sometimes to risk our lives out of love for our neighbor. We've said it before, our mission as children of God is to learn what it means to sparkle with self-forgetfulness. To sparkle with self-forgetfulness. And what does that mean? Well, sometimes it could be pretty dramatic, like those early Christians. I don't know if you saw this, but last weekend in the paper there was a story uh, in the news about a young man named Nick Bostich back in Lafayette, Indiana, who before firefighters could arrive, get this, he ran into the burning house of complete strangers in order to locate and rescue a six-year-old boy who was trapped inside. So by the time he found him, Nick was suffering from severe smoke inhalation, and on top of that, he wasn't able to go back out the way he came in. So what he did, 
he found a bedroom, he found a window, and having nothing else, he punched through the window with his bare hand. And then he grabbed the child, picked him up, escaped out the window, and made his way down. Well, the paramedics had arrived by this time, and they were on him right away, because as you would guess, he was coughing and hacking and couldn't breathe. His arm was just shredded, blood pouring down. But before they put the mask on him, the oxygen mask, this is what he said. He said, please tell me the child is okay. Please tell me the child is okay. Isn't that amazing? One commentator captured this whole story in a single word. This was the title of his story about this. He said, hero, hero. My friends, most of the time, when God calls us to sparkle with self-forgetfulness, I'm guessing it's probably not going to look like that. But it may, it may look like telling the truth when doing so will cost us something. Or it may look like standing with someone who's bullied or excluded or unpopular when doing so might cost us friends. Or it may, like Abraham, in our story today, our first reading, look like, some, look like praying for somebody whom we're at loggerheads with, somebody who is making bad choices, somebody with whom we just can't seem to see eye to eye. You know, just a short comment on that last one. One of the things that I've noticed over the years as I've worked with married couples who are struggling is that it's pretty rare in their struggles that married couples remember to pray for each other daily, right? So the next time, the next time you're struggling with your spouse or, heck, the next time you're struggling, struggling with one of your parents, next time you're struggling with one of your kids, I dare you guys, I dare you to pray for them. Not passive-aggressively or self-righteously. Lord, please help Teresa to stop being so pig-headed and to see that I'm actually right here. <laughs> she was here for Mass last night. I ended up sleeping in the garage. <laughs> no, but pray for their well-being. Pray for God to give them the grace they need. Pray for compassion towards them. Pray for a heart that's softened towards them. I think that's a true act of self-forgetfulness because it's almost impossible to pray faithfully and sincerely for someone and not have your heart softened, which sucks when all you want to do is win the argument or be right, right? You guys, human nature hasn't changed much in 18th centuries. Like those early Romans, I think it's still our instinct when we're faced with danger or difficulty to first and foremost look out for number one. Right? to protect ourselves, to ensure our own safety or our reputation or our pride or whatever it is. And that's not always bad, but it's not ultimate. It's not ultimate. Our hearts are made for something far more beautiful and daring than safety or pride or reputation. Remember, you guys, we are the children of those early Christians. We're the descendants of martyrs and of heroes, children of a father who's numbered all the hairs on our head. No comment. <laughs> so what I want to say is we can forget ourselves because we're never forgotten by our Father in heaven. So here's your homework this week. For homework, I have a little prayer for you. As you're offering your day to God each morning, insert this little petition. Lord Jesus, give me an opportunity today to sparkle with self-forgetfulness. Lord Jesus, give me an opportunity today to sparkle with self-forgetfulness. If you make that prayer, you guys, if you make that prayer each day, 
I guarantee you that's a prayer that God will answer. Thank you for joining us. You can learn more on our parish website at h-t.org. We hope that you will subscribe to our YouTube channel or try and join us for Mass if you're local. Again, all the information will be on h-t.org.